Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, it's Chelsea and I'm here today with Ryan and we are in Isaiah and uh, got some prophecy going on, got some strong words for idols. <laughs> I like that. We're in Isaiah, we seem to have some prophecy going on. <laughs> Is anyone True talked? or false? <laughs> True. Uh, what stuck out to you? Uh, my favorite, actually my favorite by a lot, Isaiah 44, <laughs> 12 through, I don't know, maybe even 20. Um, there's like this very clear, like almost sort of fairy tale story. It's not actually a fairy tale at all. It's what they're actually doing. But it's like once upon a time, a blacksmith <laughs> stood at a forge to make a tool pounding and shaping. And it's just basically like, go read it for yourself. But right. it's like a, a very aggressive narrative about how <laughs> idols are made. And how ridiculous it is that people worship them. It's Mm -hmm. like, and then you burn a fire to cook some meat. And then you find some wood that's left over. And then you shape it into a god. And then you worship it and say, deliver me. (laughs) It's like, oh, that is ridiculous. It is, yeah. When you think about it, it's like, oh, why are we doing that? (laughs) (laughs) But why do they do that? Is it just like a cultural thing? It's because they're surrounded by so much idolatry? Or is it just because they can't see God and they want to worship something they can see? I think that we tend to worship the things that our culture presents us. Hmm. And so a great question that we could talk about is, does idolatry in this sense remain today? I uh, Here's what, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to say, um, like TV is going to save Netflix is going to save my life or like my phone is going to save my life or money is going to like save my life. Maybe might say that, but um, everyone knows that it's not actually going to do anything for you yet. We still worship it. Well, and I think it's important to note too, like some of you are listening in other countries and stuff, or some of you are listening in much different cultural contexts than we are. Mm-hmm. Like you may actually be pretty close to people that actually still do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, there are plenty of cultures in the world that actually still do carve little idols and keep them in little boxes and yeah. worship those idols. So idolatry in this sense uh, definitely still exists in a, in a very real way. I think mm-hmm. I personally believe it still exists in a very real way in our culture. I mean, I right. think if you, if you read down over this thing and you have money in your mind, it's very similar. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the narrative is almost the same. And you print these little pieces of paper and they have old people on them mm-hmm. and you think that that will save you. Mm-hmm. Or you... Yeah, you have this device in your hand that was manufactured in a factory somewhere. Once upon a time, a miner <laughs> dug something out of the earth. And and you shaped it into an iPhone. Right. <laughs> and now you can't get away from that sucker. Okay, just because you're Android doesn't mean you have to harp uh, on the iPhone. <laughs> yeah, and you shaped it into a Pixel 4a. <laughs> Thank you. Um, even the playing field. <laughs> I just don't think that God's mind has changed on this. I I really think that probably just as aggressive as this narrative is, I think God probably sees idolatry exactly the same way. I right. think that we are probably more idolatrous than we would like to admit. And I think it should push us and encourage us to continue to lay our lives down at the foot of the cross and, right. and worship Jesus and ask Jesus for deliverance and ask Jesus for direction and tr- trust Jesus with the future of our lives, like with every decision and and every step. Right. Yeah. I think you had a good definition of what like modern day idolatry would be that just whatever the culture presents us um, because it's in front of us. Yeah. It's, because- a, it's the same thing. I mean, they, they would have walked to the square and there would have been giant temples 
um, to false gods. Right. I mean, you, you can go down to the mall and you can see all the temples to all the things. It hasn't really <laughs> changed all that much, to be honest. The Apple store. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very serious. I know you are. I had a, I had a, uh, I had a philosophy professor that said one, one time that, and it's it stuck with me forever, that uh, man has always spent the most money and in infrastructure and architecture on the thing that they trust and worship the most. And so some of the biggest pieces of architecture in our communities are the malls. Hmm. Um, and so, so he was very passionate about like, yeah, you go down to the mall to worship and we, we kind of make jokes about it. We call it like retail therapy or we call it like, like it's actually idolatry. Yeah. I, I, I think you can make the argument that our idols are not always, I I think one of the number one idols today is self, Mm -hmm. um, because our culture presents us with, um, it's all about you. It's all about your self care and your like what you want, your truth, all these things are just about you, you, you. And when you get to the end of you, you find that there is nothing. Just like when these people got to the end of their idols and they're like, oh, actually they don't do anything for me. A.W. <laughs> Tozer calls that the self-appreciation cult. I'm reading his book. Uh, just, Tozer has a book just simply called Discipleship. And the first chapter is all about like self-actualization and uh, self-appreciation and how detrimental it is to appreciation of Christ. Mm. Um, we don't, I don't think we notice that or, or think about it very much. And maybe you do. If you're, you owe listener, maybe you're thinking about that a lot. <laughs> um, but actually I can connect that to the, the final, the final words in this passage that we read. It's Isaiah 48, uh, 11. So this is God speaking to his people. I will rescue you for my sake. Yes. For my own sake. I will not let my reputation be tarnished and I will not share my glory with idols. So this is kind of funny. And it's, I think it's a little bit different than what we think of God often Mm. is that he's not looking at his people in exile and saying, I'm going to bring you back because I love you. He says, I'm going to bring you back because I will not be embarrassed. (laughs) I, yeah, you're right. If you don't think of it that way at all. And I, um, I love how plain it is. Like, I am not going to well, share my glory with idols. It's it, He wants it to be so plain, he repeats it. Yeah. <laughs> I will bring you back for my sake. Rescue, rather. I will rescue you for my sake. Yes, for my own sake. So I think, in a sense, he actually knew. Well, obviously he knew. But he knows how scandalous that sounds. And it's like, yep, that's what I meant. For mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Because we ultimately, like, we worship God. Mm-hmm. And we, we are... Um, there's a quote around here recently that we oftentimes really want the kingdom without the king. Mm. Uh, that's, I think that's a Lindsay Lotzball quote. I don't know if that's an original, but <laughs> it's very awesome. You should tag Lindsay Lotzball on this. But that, that's the kind of world we end up with when we want the kingdom and not the king. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, let's just love each other. I was like, yeah, but at the end of that, if if God is not at the center of that, at the end of it, we still are left with each other. Yep. And that's not enough for salvation or eternity or anything it's not mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, i was gonna talk about cyrus but that doesn't seem very exciting compared to what we just talked about <laughs> you, can. you definitely can well i think it's i i love these books of the prophets and being able to again to trace it through history so um god specifically talks to cyrus and about cyrus in this reading um cyrus the great from persia who conquered the babylonians so isaiah wrote these things between 701 and 689 bc cyrus conquers babylon in 539 i so five something i made that up five-ish five-ish something so there this is definitely a prophecy that comes true again you can trace it through world history which i think is so cool it's very cool 
Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. And <laughs> Cyrus is the chosen instrument to restore the people to yeah. Jerusalem. And God's just like, you think you did this on your own? You didn't. There's, <laughs> it's all me. <laughs> there's a ton throughout the Old Testament where God is so present in nations all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we have no reason to believe that he just decided to stop doing that. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. Guys, thanks so much for listening today to God's Whole Story, and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. See ya. Isaiah 44, beginning in verse 6. This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord of Heaven's armies. I am the first and the last. There is no other God. Who is like me? Let him step forward and prove to you his power. Let him do as I have done since ancient times when I established a people and explained its future. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim my purposes for you long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any other God? No, there is no other rock, not one. How foolish are those who manufacture idols. These prized objects are really worthless. The people who worship idols don't know this, so they are all put to shame. Who but a fool would make his own God, an idol that cannot help him one bit? All who worship idols will be disgraced, along with all these craftsmen, mere humans, who claim they can make a god. They may all stand together, but they will stand in terror and shame. The blacksmith stands at his forge to make a sharp tool, pounding and shaping it with all his might. His work makes him hungry and weak, and makes him thirsty and faint. Then the woodcarver measures a block of wood and draws a pattern on it. He works with chisel and plane and carves it into a human figure. He gives it human beauty and puts it in a little shrine. He cuts down cedars and he selects cypress and the oak. He plants the pine in the forest to be nourished by the rain. Then he uses part of the wood to make a fire. With it, he warms himself and bakes his bread. Then, yes, it's true, he takes the rest of it and makes himself a god to worship. He makes an idol and bows down in front of it. He burns part of the tree to roast his meat and keep himself warm. He says, ah, that fire feels good. Then he takes what is left and makes his god a carved idol. He falls down in front of it, worshiping and praying to it. Rescue me, he says. You are my god. Such stupidity and ignorance. Their eyes are closed and they cannot see. Their minds are shut and they cannot think. The person who made the idol never stops to reflect, why, it's just a block of wood. I burned half of it for the heat and used it to bake my bread and roast my meat. How can the rest of it be a god? Should I bow down to worship a piece of wood? The poor deluded fool feeds on ashes. He trusts something that can't help him at all. Yet he cannot bring himself to ask, is this idol that I'm holding in my hand a lie? Pay attention, O Jacob, for you are my servant, O Israel. I, the Lord, made you, and I will not forget you. I have swept away your sins like a cloud. I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. O return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. Sing, O heavens, for the Lord has done this wondrous thing. Shout for joy, O depths of the earth. Break into song, O mountains and forests and every tree. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and has glorified in Israel. This is what the Lord says, Your Redeemer and Creator, I am the Lord who made all things. I alone stretched out the heavens, who was with me when I made the earth. I expose the false prophets as liars and make fools of fortune tellers. I cause the wise to give bad advice, thus proving them to be fools. But I carry out the predictions of my prophets. By them I say to Jerusalem, People will live here again, and to the towns of Judah, You will be rebuilt, I will restore all your ruins. When I speak to the rivers and say, Dry up, they will be dry. When I say of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, he will certainly do as I say. He will command, rebuild Jerusalem, and he will say, restore the temple. This is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed one, whose right hand he will empower. 
Before him, mighty kings will be paralyzed with fear. Their fortress gates will be opened, never to shut again. This is what the Lord says. I will go before you, Cyrus, and level the mountains. I will smash down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. And I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. And why have I called you for this work? Why did I call you by name when you did not know me? It is for the sake of Jacob, my servant, Israel, my chosen one. I am the Lord. There is no other God. I have equipped you for battle, though you don't even know me. So all the world from east to west will know there is no other God. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I create the light and make the darkness. I send good times and bad times. I, the Lord, am the one who does these things. Open up, O heavens, and pour out your righteousness. Let the earth open wide so salvation and righteousness can sprout up together. I, the Lord, created them." What sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, Stop, you're doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, How clumsy can you be? How terrible it would be if a newborn baby said to its father, Why was I born? Or if it said to its mother, Why did you make me this way? This is what the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel and your creator. Do you question what I do for my children? Do you give me orders about the work of my hands? I am the one who made the earth and created the people to live on it. With my hands, I stretched out the heavens. All the stars are at my command. I will raise up Cyrus to fulfill my righteous purpose, and I will guide his actions. He will restore my city and free my captive people without seeking a reward. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. This is what the Lord says. You will rule the Egyptians, the Ethiopians, and the Sabaeans. They will come to you with all their merchandise, and it will all be yours. They will follow you as prisoners in chains. They will fall to their knees in front of you and say, God is with you, and he is the only God. There is no other. Truly, O God of Israel, our Savior, you work in mysterious ways. All craftsmen who make idols will be humiliated. They'll be disgraced together. But the Lord will save the people of Israel with eternal salvation. Throughout everlasting ages, they will never be again humiliated and disgraced. For the Lord is God, and He created the heavens and the earth, and put everything in place. He made the world to be lived in, not to be a place of empty chaos. I am the Lord, He says, and there is no other. I publicly proclaim bold promises. I do not whisper obscurities in some dark corner. I would not have told the people of Israel to seek me if I could not be found. I, the Lord, speak only what is true and declare only what is right. Gather together and come, you fugitives from surrounding nations. What fools they are who carry around their wooden idols. And pray to gods that cannot save. Consult together. Argue your case. Get together and decide what to say. Who made these things known so long ago? What idol ever told you they would happen? Was it not I, the Lord? For there is no other God but me, a righteous God and Savior. There is none but me. Let all the world look to me for salvation, for I am God. There is no other. I have sworn by my own name. I have spoken the truth, and I will never go back on my word. Every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will declare allegiance to me. The people will declare, The Lord is the source of all my righteousness and strength, and all who are angry with him will come to him and be ashamed. In the Lord all the generations of Israel will be justified, and in him they will boast. Bel and Nebo, the gods of Babylon, bow as they are lowered to the ground. They are being hauled away on ox carts. The poor beasts stagger under the weight. Both the idols and their owners are bowed down. The gods cannot protect the people, and the people cannot protect the gods. They go off in captivity together. Listen to me, descendants of Jacob, all you who remain in Israel. I have cared for you since you were born. Yes, I've carried you before you were born. I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you, and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. 
To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Some people pour out their silver and gold and hire a craftsman to make a god from it. Then they bow down and worship it. They carry it around on their shoulders. And when they set it down, it stays there. It can't even move. And when someone prays to it, there is no answer. It can't rescue anyone from trouble. Do not forget this. Keep it in mind. Remember this, you guilty ones. Remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God, and there is none like me. Only I can tell the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. I will call a swift bird of prey from the east, a leader from a distant land, to come and do my bidding. I have said what I would do, and I will do it. Listen to me, you stubborn people who are so far from doing right, for I am ready to set things right, not in the distant future, but right now. I am ready to save Jerusalem and show my glory to Israel. Come down, virgin daughter of Babylon, and sit in the dust, for your days of sitting on a throne have ended. O daughter of Babylonia, never again will you be the lovely princess, tender and delicate. Take heavy millstones and grind flour, remove your veil and strip your robe. Expose yourself to public view. You will be naked and burdened with shame. I will take vengeance against you without pity. Our Redeemer, whose name is the Lord of Heaven's armies, is the Holy One of Israel. O beautiful Babylon, sit now in darkness and silence. Never again will you be known as the Queen of Kingdoms, for I was angry with my chosen people and punished them by letting them fall into your hands. But you, Babylon, showed them no mercy. You oppressed even the elderly. You said, I will reign forever as Queen of the world. You did not reflect on your actions or think about their consequences. Listen to this, you pleasure-loving kingdom, living at ease and feeling secure. You say, I am the only one and there is no other. I will never be a widow or lose my children. Well, both these things will come upon you in a moment, widowhood and the loss of your children. Yes, these calamities will come upon you despite all your witchcraft and magic. You felt secure in your wickedness. No one sees me, you said. But your wisdom and knowledge have led you astray and you said, I am the only one and there is no other. So disaster will overtake you and you won't be able to charm it away. Calamity will fall upon you and you won't be able to buy your way out. A catastrophe will strike you suddenly, one for which you are not prepared. Now use your magical charms. Use the spell you have worked out all these years. Maybe they will do you some good. Maybe they can make someone afraid of you. All the advice you receive has made you tired. Where are all your astrologers, those stargazers who make predictions each month? Let them stand up and save you from what the future holds. But they are like straw burning in a fire. They cannot save themselves from the flame. You will get no help from them at all. Their hearth is no place to sit for warmth. And all your friends, those whom you've done business with since childhood, will go their own ways, turning a deaf ear to your cries. Listen to me, O family of Jacob, you who are called by the name of Israel and born into the family of Judah. Listen, you who take oaths in the name of the Lord and call upon the God of Israel. You don't even keep your promises, even though you you call yourself the holy city, and talk about depending on the God of Israel, whose name is the Lord of heaven's armies. Long ago I told you what was going to happen, then suddenly I took action, and all my predictions came true. For I know how stubborn and obstinate you are. Your necks are as unbending as iron. Your heads are as hard as bronze. That is why I told you what would happen. I told you beforehand what I was going to do. Then you can never say, my idols did it. My wooden image and metal god commanded it to happen. You have heard my predictions and seen them fulfilled, but you refuse to admit it. Now I will tell you new things, secrets you have not yet heard. They are brand new, not the things from the past. You cannot say we knew that all the time. Yes, I will tell you of things that are entirely new, things you've never heard of before. For I know so well what traitors you are. You have been rebels from birth. Yet for my own sake and for the honor of my name, I will hold back my anger and not wipe you out. I have refined you, but not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. 
I will rescue you for my sake. Yes, for my own sake. I will not let my reputation be tarnished and I will not share my glory with idols. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.